Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Politics in the Pulpit, a lectionary-based preaching resource designed to ask the provocative question of whether, and if so, how politics should appear in our preaching this week. My name is Jenny Mills, and I'm the Secretary for Education and Learning in the United Reformed Church, and currently I'm worshipping at the Church Without Walls in Milton Keynes. This is my last and handover session as I hand over to the new host, the Reverend Lee Battle. I step away from this role having had an absolute blast, really enjoying meeting so many different people and talking through the texts with them and discussing, uh, discussing the politics of the texts that we find in scripture and accepting that really politics for all of those that we have encountered and for myself. Uh, really does uh, is a part of our faith, and uh, and and cannot we can't we can't get away from it. Each week, I am joined for, by a guest from a different place and space. We have spoken to Lee uh, during the um, during this session, and it is with absolute delight I welcome Lee back, and I'm going to be able to hand over this this session to Lee uh, from here on in. So we're going to look at some texts together. And it's with joy that I welcome you. Welcome, Lee. Nice to Thank see you, you back. Jenny. Nice to see you. And thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm going to reiterate uh, uh, for those of that that uh, haven't remembered from last the last session. Uh, Lee is passionate about social justice and full inclusion in all areas of life, especially in faith settings. She understands the real life impact of needing to tick a lot of boxes on an equal opportunity monitoring form. How disability, sexuality, gender, racial diversity and social deprivation can exclude people from church. And she totally understands that and seeks to challenge that, but do so in a way with compassion and a sense of humor that makes her kids cringe. Do you know what? My kids still cringe and they're in their thirties. Lee is a minister in the United Reformed Church and currently serving in Cardiff in an ecumenical setting. So, with that wondrous introduction and bio about you, we've kind of we've kind of put you up there and set set you up straight away. So can you can you in, in the setting you find yourself, which is different to the setting I think you were in when we met before? Um, how do you see yourself as a pulpit politician? You've said a lot about equality and diversity, but but give us a little bit a little bit about um, about where you are and kind of a bit about how you got there too. Okay, so uh, I'm currently in a part-time uh, post uh, in an ecumenical setting. It's actually a five-way uh, covenanted church, which wow. was uh, kind of, there was two of them in Cardiff and they were kind of born out of this desire to be uh, fully ecumenical. So it's a really, really interesting place to be. Yeah. Uh, I've only just started here. Uh, I'm doing part-time. I'm also finishing off my master's dissertation uh, this year. So I've got a lot going on. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been a real journey. Uh, my last post, I was uh, a sole minister in a seven church missional partnership. Okay. Um, and so going from seven churches to one, uh, at this moment just feels like an absolute gift because... Yeah. I think what we've found and are finding increasingly uh, across the country is that church numbers are going down, but churches aren't. And how then do we minister in these settings? Um, and so 
uh, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it taught me so much. One of the churches in particular uh, was predominantly made up of LGBT asylum seekers, um, which in itself is is such a, a humbling place to be uh, and, and really kind of learning about the foundations of justice and social kind of and kindness and compassion and you know what these people have to go through uh in order to make their journey here and other people's responses to that uh has been really really humbling mm. i think my journey into ministry uh has been again equally as kind of uh quite a diversion from where i thought i was going to end up <laughs> I wasn't brought up in a faith setting at all. Okay. My, wow. my parents had no faith whatsoever. Um, and so kind of growing up, the only influence I had was my nana, who was Maltese. So very kind of staunch Catholic. Yeah. Um, but the real kind of, I guess for me, the the real thing that's influenced was that she could never read or write. So she could never read the Bible. Yeah. But she had a faith that could move mountains, let me tell you. Wow. So it was a really interesting kind of coming into ministry about our approach to using the Bible and within our faith settings and yeah. just how accessible we're making it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think sometimes that's a tension of being uh, a preacher is that sense of you're trying to dilute some very kind of theologically deep things and make them accessible to people. Mm. Um, I went to an evangelical church when I was about 17. Um, and when um, I came out as gay to them, they asked me to leave. Okay. Um, and so that was, again, quite, it was really traumatic. It, and it's such, it's not an isolated story. No, um, certainly not but yet it is so profoundly damaging um it, it damages that whole sense of self how can you have faith and be who you are okay. it was a really difficult walk for me it felt like they were opposite ends of a train track that we're never going to meet I was never going to be allowed to kind of have them meet together and actually it was my pursuit of justice um that brought me back into the church. Okay. So I was studying for uh, a degree in international development and economics, just really wow. passionate about fair trade and the impact that that could have and uh, what fairness means to people. And, yeah. um, and then unfortunately I went for a leg operation just as I was about to go to Uganda to work on a fair trade farm. Um, and the operation went really wrong. And then overnight, I went from, you know, being able to walk to just just this pit of not at all knowing how my life was going to turn out. I, You know, there wasn't any sense of I could get to Uganda. I knew it was gone. And the grief of that was yeah. kind of overwhelming. Um, but it was that really strong sense of, then understanding or trying to navigate a world at that point in a wheelchair and how 
poorly you're treated um that kind of reignited that that passion for kind of inclusion and justice <laughs> and things like that and so um when i went back to church uh the only thing i was absolutely determined of was that i wasn't going to become a minister uh, that that was just not my thing. Yeah. So yeah. I went off to study without being in a church. I, I went to do my first year of my degree, just really going, I want to learn more yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, and then uh, God called me. And I think, I think for me, preaching has been something um, I've never taken lightly. I've always found it a really for myself a kind of deep sense of responsibility that somehow it's my conversation with God the Bible and me and a world around us uh, that is being put to people um, and it is that total imposter syndrome I you know I, I'm not good enough for this who am I I'm not intelligent enough I'm I'm not holy enough that was definitely one that kept yeah. cropping up um, and I remember, I think one of the biggest books that influenced me was Brené Brown um, yeah. and her Gifts of Imperfection and learning that actually the imperfections are what make us. They they are what make us who we are. Um, I, and I can totally, I can totally identify with that. And one, I, I also sought not to become a minister and I had um, a, a real advocate in a retired minister who was really encouraging all the way through and and I, I would just constantly tell him that I wasn't good enough and I couldn't do this and and there were better people out there than me and one day he wrote me two sides of A4 naming people in the Bible who were not good enough that God had called <laughs> he said if you can trump any of this I will listen but if you can't I think we need to stop <laughs> having this conversation and it was like God chooses who God chooses and it's the authenticity of the choosing and it's the authenticity of the person, not in our eyes, the perfection or the holiness. Yeah, I, absolutely that. I, I, and then the more you look into the Bible and the more absolutely. you look into the characters that are in there, yeah. you yeah. think, all right, I don't think yeah. God was ever. I mean, what is perfection anyway? Who? What is it? It's this yeah. thing that we're fed that actually has no end and no beginning and no yeah. real shape to it. Yeah. Um, and yet the calling from God has all of that. That's such that fulfillment and that blessing and that, you know, that chance to kind of, I guess, be vulnerable. I think vulnerability has been a huge part of my journey <clears throat> and allowing myself to be challenged yeah. Um, like I'm here today, <laughs> yeah. taking over next week as the host. It's it, yeah. it, there's always that amazingness about the journey. Yeah. yeah, and 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 kind of approaching it with a with a humility of like I don't really understand this. I don't, and I almost don't understand what 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 why, but I will just go with it because I trust and 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 feeling so fulfilled in that, which is really helpful, isn't it? It is absolutely yeah. And seeking yeah. and, and seeking to do to do your best and knowing that your best is good enough, even if, even if, you know, your best is good enough. That's all yeah. we can do and all we can be asked to do, isn't it? I know. Okay, well, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to talking to about these texts, but I, I will, 
I will just give us a bit of a context. Um, JPIT each week give us a, a little roundup of what's going on in the world, and I have some information from them. So whilst we hear your story, and I, I think the inclusivity, um, both from accessibility and inclusivity um, and, and diversity uh, perspective, comes along with the world in which we're um, we're functioning. I mean, there's quite a lot going on, both domestically yeah. and internationally. Uh, and in this country, um, we have the the new prime minister will be announced. Uh, either Liz, Tra Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak <coughs> will be trying to help us <coughs> as a country when we look at tackling the cost of living crisis, the soaring energy bills that makes no sense at all, and seem the figures seem to change each day, don't they? They do, yeah. Um, but but people, um, inflation hits. 10% in July and people are just really anxious and worried about the future and it's the hugeness of it isn't it? it's just in domestic settings it's not just for families it's for I mean I'm hearing quite a call for people aren't looking out for single people because you know the impact is as great for single people as it is for families Absolutely. Um, but but also this the the businesses and and churches you know churches are talking about how their their fuel bills are going up it's not just an isolated thing We've got increasing numbers of industrial action, and I've seen again this morning barristers um, yeah. are voting to strike. But we've got teachers looking at it. We've got the Port of Felixstowe. Yeah. We've got railway workers. So many people who are unhappy and unsettled about the lack of real uh, wage increases. Uh, we continue our support for Ukraine. The war continues in Ukraine, uh, and we have the crisis in the NHS ambulance and A and E waiting times. I think being somebody who's experienced uh, what goes on in hospitals, it is quite phenomenal. But post post being in a crisis, it was really the, the, the support is just really, really patchy. And because everyone's so overstretched. Internationally, we're just over a year after the Taliban returned to power in Afghanistan. Steve Tinning has written a blog on the JPIT website marking the occasion, uh, reflecting on how life has changed and calling us to prayer and action, which will be worth a look on the JPIT website. Uh, and the urgency of the climate crisis has been highlighted all across Europe this summer um, with wildfires. And, and we just know, I mean, we've just had day after day of sunshine, which, whilst it's lovely for children on school holidays, is really yeah. not good for our world. And already we're seeing some of the trees going into autumn. Mm. Uh, and uh, JPIT have launched a new set of resources to help us and our churches work with local councils to take climate action so we can sign up at JPIT. Uh, net zero in my neighbourhood. And also whilst we're there, the season of creation begins on the 1st of September and on the JPIT website, there are resources, including a video, um, a podcast, a one-off podcast by David Coleman and Ruth Valerio, preaching at harvest at a time of climate crisis. Mm. So with all of that, we come to the lectionary readings for this Sunday uh, and uh, I invite you to dive in and lead us through and we will have a dialogue about what you have found in these texts. Tell us where we're going to begin and uh, and I look, I look forward to what you have to offer us. Well, um, we're going to begin uh, with the psalm. I think everything you've mentioned there and more besides is paralysing us with fear. It it's yeah. like, where do you go? How do yeah. you deal with this? It it's like it, it's like the lights have gone out and you're suddenly in the dark and you've no idea where you're going. And I think for me, what Psalm 139 does is anchors us beautifully 
in where we are with the Lord and that sense of us being created to be us, that there's not another us that could have been created, that actually that God created us and knitted us in our mother's womb, knowing everything about us uh, and choosing to create the person and the people that we are, I think is something, there's something so grounding about that and there's something so hopeful about that in in such a time as this where it feels like everything is just oncoming and it's really easy to lose that sense of who we are as people who we are in God because you can't help but feel distance when things are so difficult um, and you're not knowing which way to turn with everything um that it's really easy to kind of um i love that analogy of the kind of um it's not in it today but jesus calm in the storm and that in it it starts with jesus got in the boat just as he was and it's that just as he was that really impacts that that it was just the person of jesus that needed to get into that boat. And I think that really echoes back to Psalm 139 in that we are who we are just as we are now. Um, and, and the fearfully and wonderfully made. I think that taps into what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, wasn't it? You know, to know yourself fearfully and wonderfully made. We're very good at picking the imperfections, aren't we? We're very good at saying the bits that we're not so hot at or we don't like about ourselves physically or or or, or character-wise. And actually, God, God, you know, God lets us know we are perfect just as we are. We are the people we are meant to be. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what Psalm 139 does as we look through the rest of it is grounds us in that very early age of holding on to that sense of before time about us that um we often lose that kind of this is this is what god chose god chose you and god chose me um and i think as we go through the rest of the readings i think that sense of the unraveling of life comes out through these readings and so it's really, for me, important to start with just that anchor of mm. uh, Psalm 139. And to do um, so in such wondrous poetry. I mean, I just yeah. I, I love the Psalms because they because they have such wondrous images in them. I don't always agree with the images in them, yeah. but, but they have such wondrous images. And to know those were images and words that were being used so many years ago. People over the years have have struggled with the same sort of things as we're still struggling. And I think that idea that, you know, history keeps repeating itself. You know, we humankind keeps getting itself in a mess and then it moves a step forward. And then sadly, we just can't learn from history and we move a step back. But that 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 poetry that, that shows us every aspect of life and and reminds us of the, the continuity of God. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the absolute perfect lead in to the uh, Jeremiah text, yeah, yeah, because here we are as God the Potter, and somehow you know um, the vessel was making of clay was spoiled in the Potter's hand, 
and he reworked it into another vessel. And that's life. God did not throw away that which was imperfect. It was reworked. It was remodeled time. And, and, we, and just as you said, we go through this rhythm of kind of being undone and then uh, being remodeled as we grow in our faith and grow in and grow in ourselves as well uh, within our faith that there is this movement of needing at times to kind of be unpicked um, and go through that kind of refining that is so prevalent in the Old Testament and and right here you know the Lord's coming to them um, after they're just not behaving themselves you know this although there's so much hope in this it's also this warning of come on pull your socks up do as I'm asking you to do but here's this chance for you uh, to do this it's not a cut and shut there's this beautiful hope that pervades the text that says actually this there's no end into this you can be reworked you can move on there is this cycle and yeah we're all going to make the same mistakes again as society and as humans yeah they're doing it here in 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 the text yeah um and we're still doing it now uh but there is this hope within it that kind of it's not breakable that bond with god um it's not breakable and for Jeremiah, I, I mean, I love it when you, you know, you talked about that reworking. Jeremiah starts from where he is, from the experience that he has in his life. Uh, and he uses that image in, a, in, in his everyday life to, to inform his, his faith and his, uh, and, his, and his response to God. Uh, and and I think that's a really good reminder to us. And, and hearing your story, how yeah. your story has informed you, and it's yeah. your story that has led you to be where you are. I think that's really powerful to see the the analogy there mm. um, yeah, yeah. of of how Jeremiah uses his experience, and 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 God uses him where he is. Yeah, yeah. I th I'm a a huge believer in that um, our experiences are teachable. We were saying that, you know, the root of the word disciple is not follower, it's student. Right. And, and there is that sense of um, always learning through our experiences. And and I think when we suffer and, and when we um, are with people who have had really, really difficult experiences, that we have to understand that someone's ability to love or somebody's capacity to do things is taught by their experience. You know, we can't, um, I don't think as kind of uh, people in the pulpit talk about uh, this wondrous thing that people can't attach to because they're going through so much stuff. It is that part of that journey. It's that weaving of life um, and that, kind of student of being a student of Christ and learning um, about ourselves and about God and about the world around us as we're going. We none of us know it all. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really important as uh, certainly 
heading into the pulpit and with politics is that we're saying for me politics has to be in the pulpit because if it's not we're not bringing our whole lives into the pulpit because we are so affected by the politics around us and if we don't bring it into the pulpit then we're kind of in danger of putting faith in a separate box that yeah. just gets opened on a Sunday um, and it's that box that opens up and goes oh everything's brilliant and then we shut it again and go it doesn't engage with real life and and the things that people are going through and I think we've got a real crisis looming in so many factors that we have to be open to kind of being in this and yeah. not above it if you like um, and, I, and think, I think these texts help us with that beautifully go on I think I know I think the the end I, I love this constant I mean I, I'm secretary of education and learning so I I promote in the United Reform Church yeah. lifelong lifelong learning whole of life discipleship and yeah. I think I think when we look at texts and, and I love the order that you're you know you're already taking in this because the idea, I, you know, I, like many, struggle with some of this God being the retributive and uh, vindictive sort of interventionist God. Yeah. I see so much of, 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 of the Bible story and the story of faith as a, as, a, as, a, as a progressive story. So our understanding of God and the people who wrote the books is understanding of God changed yeah. and matured. So, so this idea of an interventionist retributive God was their experience of God, but actually yeah. our humankind's understanding of God has changed too, hasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. and our experience of life and our experience of the world and, and science and, and technology yeah. and everything has, has brought all of those things. So we look at these things through, we have to look at them in context, and we yeah. also then have to look at them through the eyes of the understanding that we now have. And, and we've shown that, haven't we, with some of the attitudes to, to what we're going to... In, in, possibly touching it but on slavery you know it was it was accepted and it was part yeah. of society it is no longer accepted and part of society yeah. we have learned we have grown and as we look at those texts we 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 look for the love of god in the texts now don't we yeah 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 and the justice and i think if we're moving through to luke yeah um we start to see this and i think um the whole of Luke 14 is this real kind of, uh, for me, kind of instruction manual about uh, discipleship. You know, we've heard in the, not in this bit, but in the bit before about the yeah. first being last and the last being first. And that that's not just something you don't want to be last just so you can attain something, <laughs> you know, just because you've been then a good Christian that you'll then get a reward. But yeah. that actually... Um, for me, this text really calls to how we um, how we approach discipleship with our egos. You know, I think we're so this sense of um, traveling with the cross, and therefore none of you can be my disciples if you don't give up all your possessions. I think this text has been used really strongly and passionately in lots of ways, but for me, it's it's a call to take a look at ourselves. What are we valuing? You know, um, and yeah. I've heard this carrying the cross is quite um, a kind of power laden thing for people that if you're carrying your cross, you're doing the right thing. Therefore, you should stay in suffering. And I 
th that's not it at no. all. No. Uh, go on, Jenny. Go on. No, no, no. Go, no, keep going. I'm, I totally agree with you. And I, I think it's been used in a negatively powerful way. Yeah. Yeah, keep absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when if we're carrying the cross, then what we're doing is following the love of God. We are understanding that God in human form suffered this yeah. greatly. Um, and not forget, you know, all the disciples around him thought that he was going to come in this big kind of Thor-like hammer and strike everyone down and strike the Roman Empire down. And he doesn't. He ends up being killed by them. Yeah. And and there's that sense of that commitment and that lack of ego to kind of go through that and that learning of who you are from the inside out and not from the outside in, which I think is very much um, our kind of level of commitment and, and everything's thrown at us so quickly that commitment's a really hard word now because everything's so changeable so quickly. For me, that uh, going on from your, about sticking with the suffering, we, we, we have an empty cross. You know, we believe yeah. Jesus, you know, the cross is empty. So, so the suffering does end. And, and it's that, I think that's really important that it is an empty cross. Jesus is not yeah. still hanging there. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it always is about that. There is always the hope and there is always the, 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 the possibility of transformation, the possibility of change, the possibility of release, which is yeah. brought by the resurrection. However, you view the resurrection. Yeah. And that, and that image of the amazingness of God's grace and it, that grace the response to that grace is what discipleship is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jesus did, Jesus, well, God created the world and Jesus lived and died and rose again to show that amazingness. God's spirit came to show that breadth and depth yeah. of God's grace. So, um, and and we are called to respond to it. Yeah, And yeah. it's that dis response, isn't it, that is this discipleship. Yeah, and, the, you know, there is this huge warning throughout this text of, this isn't easy. <laughs> Don't come at this if you're not ready. Don't come at this if if you're not willing to kind of lose that sense of that kind of the outside of you. Don't don't come at this because this isn't an easy journey. And actually, this morning um, I read the common prayer for uh, a liturgy for ordinary radicals every morning. And, Excellent. Um, so this morning, they kind of have a little reading every day. Um, it says this, uh, hear these words from the desert fathers. A brother came to Abba Theodore and began to converse with him about things which he had never put into practice. So the old man said to him, you have not yet found a ship, nor put your cargo aboard it. And before you have sailed it, you have already arrived at the city. Do the work first, then you will have the speed that you are making now. And I just love that. As a, this imagery across this is, it is that rush, rush, rush. Yes. Everything um, is, is all about reaching that end goal 
And very yep. often we don't know what that is anyway. Nope. It, nope. We're just in a society that forces us to strive constantly. And this is like, slow down, yeah. you know. There is and actually, that's here. that's so true with the with the two images that Jesus puts in, you know, it, that, that's included in Luke. You know, you you know, think about what you're doing before you yeah. do it, but be brave enough to step out and do something. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, like I say, so much of being a disciple is about this learning, about how far you can go. There's there's no part of me. A few years ago, thought A, I would be a minister. B, I would be. Yeah. A, it, it's an incredible uh, <laughs> journey and such a blessing, and one that is given by absolute grace with no kind of. You've just got to put your head down and be in it. And I think that's what this is saying: is put your head down and go on the journey and, and see where this takes you. And and sometimes is the opportunities are there and we miss them don't we because we yeah. don't have we're either not in the right place or yeah. we don't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear or we choose not to Very we, much, we yeah. and I think that whole um hate hate I mean I know people have struggled with the word hate father and mother wife and you actually if you look at the uh, if you look at the commentaries about it it's an idiom it's a translation yeah. it's yeah, more yeah. of a, a love less than do you know what I mean yeah. it's like where are your priorities and uh, and um, and um if if we can live in god's way whether whether we you know for me anybody who lives in in god's way is 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 being being a follower yeah uh, and, and is uh but that idea of uh where where are your priorities and um what matters in life uh and and yeah. then how are you going to do that? It comes back to Jeremiah again, doesn't it? Of yeah. He he started where he was, and uh, he was able to see and then make the connections. And I I love it when preaching where you kind of make the connections uh, between the stories and like life. I mean, yesterday we were looking at um, David and Goliath, and it was so much in this world at the moment. The little people are the only people that are going to be able to change things. Yeah, it's the little voices uh, and. Uh, you see so many people around the world who are speaking out about stuff and putting their heads above the parapet and yeah. being so brave. Some of the women in um, in Afghanistan that are speaking oh, out, yeah. I know. it's just so humbling. I, I just do not know if I could do that. But no. that 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 putting putting uh, themselves almost second to, yeah. to the to the the desire for justice and the, and the, yeah, the yeah. speaking out. It is. It's it's putting that ego to one side and and believing in something beyond yourself and how people do that and oh, like you say the women in Afghanistan and, and all over the world when people situation just, in Myanmar yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and that idea that um that you're looking for the common good because it feels to me that a lot of particularly British politics at the moment is so individualistic is about what yeah. can I get from this and yeah. we've lost sight of the of the um, of the common good and just yeah. simple things like you know you look at some of the Green Party stuff. It is about us. Yeah, it is yeah. about community. It is about society. It is about about equality and yeah. equity too. Yeah, very much. Um, and I think if you look across the kind of the political landscape of the dominant countries in the world, you know how 
the Trump era has changed how we view politics. Uh, we'll, I, I don't know if we'll ever come back to anything that looked remotely not divisive now. Mm -hmm. And it's very divisive in this country as well, after Brexit and things like that. And, and I think that's the bit we have to be careful of when we're in the pulpit is that this is not party politics. Yes. I think justice and politics, like climate justice, that should be something that unites us and not divides us. That's something that is going to take us all to move it as one with this aim of the, the common good and trying to um, change where we're at. Um, and so I think there is this tension, I think, with politics always, is that it is so divisive and it's so, and I think we have more of a an individual platform than we ever have done with social media to kind of voice our, our politics for good or ill. Um, and we have to be careful that when we're coming to, into the pulpit, that that's not what we're doing. I think there's there's always this great responsibility. And I think just as a perfect leading again into Philemon, um, this is what we see with Paul. You know, um, I think what we can, like you mentioned slavery before, I think yeah. we, slavery is is that thing that we know is abhorrent and absolutely yeah unacceptable in yeah. any way shape or form but we're when we're looking at the text we're looking at a time where this was normal that yes that without slavery the economy the culture just wouldn't run as it was and so uh onesimus finds paul in prison converts to uh christianity and then paul writes this masterpiece of just backing Philemon into a corner using all his power <clears throat> yeah. that he's got to kind of say, no, now you must treat him as an equal. And not only that, he writes it to his elders to make sure that now Philemon is accountable for this. To yeah. the other How could he have done that? How could he have come back and treated Onesimus as an equal? And, and is even that kind of... He once was useless, but, you know, now he's been with me. He's probably a bit useful. It, it's just this really, um, it's just this text for me as how we don't use our personal power uh, as is seen and evidenced in this uh, passage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I find it. There's bits of it I almost feel a bit schmoozy, really, aren't they? They're, they're like, really, I'm going to butter you up. Yeah. I'm going to say all the nice stuff. Then I'm going to put the hard stuff in the middle, and then I'm going to butter you up at the end. And uh, you know, yeah. I think I think we can often use we can often use uh, our power. Yeah. And I think sometimes in churches we can use the texts to yeah. manipulate. And it comes back to your it comes back to your um, Luke with the cross and keeping people down we yeah. use biblical texts um to 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 manipulate and it's really hard it's really really hard because uh you know if we use if we use one particular text to keep people in places then we have to be consistent with how we approach all texts yeah. and, and we don't do we we all pick and choose and right. we cherry pick and we and, and we're not consistent do, yeah. with them um, yeah 
But, but I think it's okay to own in a pulpit that actually you're really uncomfortable with this, that you can't find a way through this. And I think that's a really, if ever I've done that, it just it engages people because they understand they get it you know we're not we're not up there with these answers you know yes. we're not the one that you follow and that the one yes. that it, you study we're there to kind of open up the book and try and do it in as open-handed way as we can do and and highlight where these issues of justice and very often actually the roots of them are out of the bible and 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 that's a really difficult thing as well and i think it's okay to own that as much as as love and open heart there is in this book it's also pretty difficult as well yes yes i i met somebody who said i um, my 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 Christian life is 90% doubt and 10% faith. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I really admire you for that. And he's like, but I think that's wrong. I was like, no. no. I just, and being brave enough to say that is yeah. just amazing, isn't it? To, Never be to, afraid to, to doubt. Because if you're doubting, you're learning. Yeah. And you're, question, I mean, you're asking questions, aren't you? Yeah. You're being a student. Yeah. I think to doubt is, is part of yeah. our discipleship journey. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really sad that we've got to end here yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because we do need to, to to finish this. Thank you so much. No, um, thank um, you. This has been a great, a great, uh, a great time of conversation, and uh, and I look forward to hearing all you have to do and offer as as ongoing host. And um, thank you very much for sharing once again with me no. and with us. Um, and we very firmly do appreciate that uh, politics should be preached in the pulpit about, as you said, not party politics, but politics about justice and peace and hope and love. Absolutely. Uh, for those listening, if they've enjoyed the episode of Politics in the Pulpit, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Uh, we do know that our listeners are a passionate and knowledgeable crowd, and we love to build a community of mutual learning and encouragement. Uh, so if you ever have any questions about the, what you have heard or about uh, that you would like us to talk about, please uh, email us or let us know your thoughts on Twitter or on Facebook. So we go this week uh, into the week um, where we uh, have so much going on in our world. And I realize we didn't even mention about the sewage being pumped into into uh, into the sea and the whole effect on the, the climates and the ecosystems that that that, that will have uh, but yeah. I leave you with that one because that's going to be an ongoing issue so <laughs> enjoy that uh, so let us end with a blessing may we be anointed with God's spirit as we bring good news to the poor proclaim release to the captives help people to see the world truthfully and let the oppressed go free go well amen bye amen bye